The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Well, on the line with me right now is Dave Zanotti. Boy, Dave, this is the day that we've been waiting for, longing for, praying for, for all these years since 1973. It couldn't be bigger, right? Mike, there is... Every attending air of history around this day, because it is a day of history, uh, it is extraordinarily rare for the United States Supreme Court to admit that they made a mistake, and certainly rare for the court to reverse its opinion and to acknowledge that they were in total error and have been for the last 50 years in the way that they have attempted to arrogate or, in essence, subvert the constitutional responsibilities that they hold by stripping the question of abortion from the states and from the people and their elected representatives and deciding it singularly based upon an assumed authority that they did not have, based upon a presumption that the right to abortion appeared in our Constitution. They have acknowledged that is categorically not true. And they've done it twice in the 5-4, or in the 6-3 decision that happened today. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, Justice Roberts, who joined the six-court majority, the six-judge majority, went in his own opinion saying that while he would not have gone as far as the other five justices did, though he signed on to their opinion, he went to the place to make it categorically, once again, substantively real that abortion does not appear in the Constitution of the United States of America. The entire Roe decision was based upon that myth that emanated from the penumbra. That was the original language that it emanated from the penumbra of the 14th Amendment. The court has basically said that's been a myth and a lie from the start, and we can duck it no longer. I'm so glad they had the courage to do that because of the fact that uh, there are many people right now putting out, uh, we've had some insider knowledge that uh, we've seen emails that are going out from Move On and other organizations like that where they're obviously seeing, they, they saw this coming and they're really projecting what will be uh, a a very interesting weekend. But they are making claims as well uh, that are saying things like they, this is the first time that a constitutional right has been stripped away when that, what you said was so accurate that uh, the whole Roe v. Wade ruling was on shaky ground at best from the beginning. And it, it should never have passed the way it did. And you're right. Abortion was never talked about, guaranteed in, or even addressed by the original framers of the Constitution. And the reason for that, Mike, is that there are two two reasons. One is that there is a whole host of legal questions that were never in the context of federal purview. The federal Constitution was not established to become the primary engine of all law in America. Never. It violates the very notion of the separation of powers. Nor was the federal government established to be the biggest 
lawmaking body in the country. It has always been understood that state and local government is far more important. There, in essence, state and local government is the bottom of the pyramid, about two-thirds of the pyramid. The federal part is only supposed to be the last piece of the pyramid and the smallest part of it. We've turned things on their head. Mm -hmm. And in essence, this decision from 50 years ago is a perfect example of when sociological law took over and a non-elected body of people decided to usurp the authority of the states and of the people and begin to make gargantuan uh, decisions in regards to their scope and size that the framers never intended, the people never ratified. But remember, the original Constitution wasn't just the framers writing it. It was the people, through their elected uh, representatives, ratifying it and accepting it. That's why it begins with the words, we the people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't begin with the words, we the court. And so, in essence, this is a complete review of the judicial activism of the last 50 years, and it's a window into the horror of lawfare, which is what happens when the radical left attempts to replace our system of government by judicial decisions. The court is soundly acknowledging that battle is not going to continue unnoticed or non-responded to in regards to the Supreme Court. They're not playing that game anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of game, Dave, I'd love your thought on this. In a basketball game, and I grew up playing that, as you know, I love basketball. When we would have a a, a team, our team was playing another team, and there would be a certain move that would be made or a shot that that went in, and it did this thing of changing momentum. That, that we all talk about in sports, where the momentum that was seemingly going in one direction suddenly pivots and changes, and now the team that was fighting from behind is now moving ahead. Do you see, to what degree, I know this is a momentum shifter, but to what degree do you see this affecting the country's move that has been a decidedly left movement these past couple of years? Well, that depends on two things. One, whether or not people are willing to thoroughly have this conversation, to listen and think and read. It's, uh, the majority opinion is 79 pages, but it's written by Alito in a way that anyone in this country can largely understand what's being discussed. So the first thing is, will people take the time to, to ponder and consider and prayerfully review mm-hmm. what's been said and then ask God What does this mean for the future of life in this country for generations to come? Um, But then there's a second piece, Mike, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The second fallacy that this decision reveals is the notion that our rights come from the Constitution. You see, that's not true. The federal Constitution was established to define the responsibility and the role and the limitations of the federal Congress, the executive branch, the Supreme Court, to make sure that we understood the relationship between that governmental process and the states. Mm -hmm. And then we have an extension of what other responsibilities the federal government will have, and then a document that is really misnamed and misunderstood. The Bill of Rights should have been the Bill of Protection of Rights, if you will. Mm. The Bill of Rights does not 
does not invent our rights. The Bill of Rights does not grant us our rights. What the Bill of Rights does is says these are things that the federal government must specifically not touch because they are these are powers not given to the federal government. Therefore, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's the very first word, the very first amendment, telling the government what it will not do. There is no place that our process says the Constitution of the United States gives you the right to life. Mm-hmm. Of course not. Those rights are given to us by God. That's what our declaration says. Yes. The government only exists to protect and secure those rights. There's a lot of people who actually think their rights come from the Constitution. Mike, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's actually dangerous. It is dangerous, and we've we've seen the uh, results of that, because there's this. Uh, I, I I do believe there is just a a sense of a lot of people not catching the distinctives of what you just said. I mean, even your brilliant statement that you made a moment ago about the Bill of Rights should not be titled the Bill of Rights. Isn't it amazing how a simple phrase like Bill of Rights can can kind of jade our thought process about about the source of our rights to begin with and and you're right the constitution gives that uh, that we are these things are given to us by god they are they are not from any constitution or any law well this is this is uh, the language that you'll find in 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 abundance in the today's decision in the Dobbs decision, where the court makes it perfectly clear uh, that the court was in error in presuming that the right of abortion existed in the Constitution, and it was doubly in error in presuming that the federal government, particularly the federal courts, had the authority to strip the states, thereby stripping the people from the responsibility of dealing with this issue. Now, to the question of the momentum change or the game changer, Mike, that all depends on whether or not all the people who for all the years have said they're pro-life, but were hiding under the shadow of the fact that the court restricted resolving the issue. The question is, the courts now said, we're out of this game. It's yours. They've thrown the pro-life community. They've thrown the pro-abortion community the ball and said, you people battle this out at the state level. Now, the question is, will pro-lifers prevail in the public debate, prevail in the electoral debate, and will the principles of life as affirmed by our Declaration of Independence prevail so that we will once again protect every innocent unborn life mm-hmm. by state law and by local statute to prevent the pro-abortion industry, which is not going to go away by any stretch of the imagination, these people have made billions of dollars in the process of executing 60 million unborn children. Yeah. They're not going to go away in a heartbeat. That's right. They're not going to go away. They're going to put up a fight without a doubt. And part of the concerns that we're getting is the fact that we have got these, again, reports of organized uh, groups that are, are putting together, and, and they've made this statement in every city. So this is not going to be just something in the big cities of New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles. We can expect this kind of an uprising. And, and uh, you know, I'm praying right now that life won't be lost tonight 
that there won't be uh, riots, but do you do you believe that we can avoid that, Dave? Well, history doesn't change without significant conflict. Um, and so what these folks will do um, shouldn't surprise us because, sadly, um, people who could stand and applaud, stand and protest um, for the annihilation of innocent life, I mean, I guess we have to ask ourselves, what will we expect them to do next? Yeah, that's right. Um, This is a very bad spirit that we're dealing with here, Mike. It's a spirit of death. Yep, you're right, Dan. And and it's a spiritual battle. We have to pray God will deliver us all where we have been imprinted and influenced by this cosmic death wish um, that has manifested itself against innocent life. We have to pray God will deliver us from evil. And the thing we know, Mike, for certain is that we are not alone as we face this struggle. Yes. There is a, a, a world of darkness that we as spiritual people, abiding in the life and the light of Christ, are called to do battle in. And that battle begins in prayer. It begins in repentance. It begins to asking God and seeking God for help. Now, the great news is we're not alone. Um, God's been pro-life from the beginning, and we are not alone in the struggle. Mm. Pro-life from the beginning. That is so so true and so well said, Dave. Uh, there's a, a, a question, and, and I have to tell you, I was pleasantly surprised that it was a 6-3 uh, vote today on this thing, uh, that Roberts went with and signed on to Alito's uh, document here and with the, the rest of the five who were voting for it. Now, you said there was a difference in his role in that. But but can you elaborate a little bit on uh, Robert's role in this landmark decision? Well, I have a personal thing with John Roberts. I've never had the privilege to meet him, and I certainly admire his counsel. And I, excuse me, I, I certainly admire his career, but I largely disrespect much of his counsel <laughs> and his practice. Yeah. Um, I don't trust the logic that's behind the worldview and the judicial opinions of John Roberts. I simply don't. I find him to be um, often in a position of moral relativism, of compromising to the spirit of the age and not being able to defend his opinions based upon fundamental principles. And I think that's dangerous for any judge. So I've always been skeptical about Justice Roberts. I think that Justice Roberts created one of the gravest injustices in the history of our country in the way that he rewrote the Obama decision from the bench. Um, I think that puts him in a world class of villains when it comes to bad judicial decisions, and he was the deciding vote on that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I mean, that's not personal. It happens to be with process. I pray for Justice Roberts, as I do for every elected official, that God will bless him, that he will know Christ in the fullness of, of Christ's blessing. I pray for his family, for his safety, for his protection, and I would never, ever consider ever suggesting that anyone should do anything in regards to violence um, and must even be exceptionally careful in regards to protest as it comes to rulings of any court in this country, because our judicial system is built upon the sacred trust that, first off, all of us will tell the truth, and secondly, that we will abide by the courts, even though we have the power to change them and to change the laws. 
So we have the right of legal redress, but we must always do so carefully and in the context of respect for the rule of law. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Now, what Roberts did in this particular decision was he first off wrote his own. Now, he could have just written his own. Uh, But what he did was he signed on the 6-3 majority opinion. He's the sixth vote. But then he wrote, in essence, his own opinion saying, while I signed it, if I had written the opinion, if my way had prevailed, I would not have gone as far as the five-judge majority. I would have stopped at this point. Uh, I would not have gone as far as they did in overturning all of it. So he would have. He said he wanted to basically to, to box in the decision inside of Mississippi, but not go farther. But he signed it anyways, basically saying, if that's where they're going to go, I got to admit, I'm with them. But if I had written it, I would have done differently. This is what I would have done. So he explained what he would have preferred, uh, in his opinion, but he still voted with the majority. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a 6-3 vote. It, he, he could have not voted with the majority. He could have either dissented or simply refused and, and, and done his own opinion. But, but, so it would have been a 5-4-1. But um, he went with the 6-3 and then explained himself. The significance of that is it proves that all of the violence that came forward after the leak, the leak itself and all that followed, did not influence John Roberts because he would have been the one vote that would have been influ- – it could have been possibly been influenced, and he was not persuaded. Mm-hmm. And on day one, when that leak came out, there were a number of people who were commenting on the fact that that vote, or that leak rather, instantly put all of the lives of the Supreme Court, especially those that uh, would be on the majority, those that would be conservative, put their lives at risk. And we've seen that with Kavanaugh having a, a real assassination attempt that was subverted. Thank God it was subverted. Uh, but that happened, and all of these protests that are happening, uh, it, it, this is going to be and has to be a major signal to the Department of Justice right now that the Supreme Court, the law of the land, has changed. And I, I just wonder, if do you have any thoughts about what the progressive left's, their angle is now going to go? How are they going to address things of the lawlessness that's been out there? Well, we have to recognize that the progressive left has become a very communistic community. They are opposed to the constitutional rule of law. They are opposed to the American founding. Mm-hmm. They also have a wing of strong anarchists that are willing to consider themselves suffering soldiers and are calling upon people to come to their aid as they literally do violence in this country against pro-life uh, believers and pro-life citizens. Um, that they, they consider that they wouldn't use the word noble, but they consider it appropriate. Um, you don't see any of that rhetoric, nor have you ever seen that rhetoric among the substantive committed people who have been advocating for life. This has been a 50-year journey. And yes, there yes. have been moments yeah. where people took the law into their own hands. Some people have lost their lives. But but I would tell you, if you look at the story of Kermit Gosnell, the abortionist from Philadelphia, and his career of abusing women, of deaths of women, he's in jail today because women died at his hands Mm -hmm. as an abortionist. If you look at his life and the death chambers that were covered up in Philadelphia for him, 
and you compare that to people like the late Jack Wilkie, my friend, Dr. Jack Wilkie, who helped found the uh, National Right to Life, Jack and Barb Wilkie, I want to tell you something. Those people would never lift a finger in violence against anyone. They believed in life as a gift from God. There is a difference, Mike, between the light and the darkness, and this is an opportunity for people of faith to shine in life and in redemption. Um, The violence that we're looking at and the spirit of the anarchist is a spiritual battle that we must pray for deliverance in Jesus' name, that these folks will see the light of life. They have believed a lie. They believe that their identity is anchored in the power to kill an unborn child, that somehow that substantiates their existence, and it affirms who they are and makes them who they are. That is absurd. We all know that. That's how captured they are in a lie. And, and we need to pray that God will deliver them and deliver us as a country from this mythical addiction to death. Mm-hmm. It is a mythical addiction of death. That's well said. Dave, you always have the way of doing that. And I so appreciate your candor and your availability to us on this historic day. I mean, really, this is the day that we've prayed would happen. And I know that you would probably, as well as I have, wondered uh, what it was going to be like. And it kind of snuck up on us. I, I wasn't sure it'd be on a Friday. My understanding is they don't typically do releases like this of judgments on Fridays. But they did alert earlier in the week that they were going to, to release something today. So it has been anticipated to that degree. But I, I'm, uh, I'm glad it's finally here. And I'm wondering, do you think there will be an immediate end uh, to, to some of the things, let's say, that these justices have been facing, the protests, do you think or are, are you concerned that that could go on and maybe even double down? Well, it's a hard thing to say. That's why we must pray and we must ask for God's help and God's protection and God's deliverance. Um, I think we need not fear because we are not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, these things are in the hands of God, but the very fact that we're having this conversation should tell us of the grave danger that we have come to as a nation. We're debating the question that, in essence, is the core of the Declaration of Independence, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these, not all of them, but among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that in the, in, the, in the process of the adjudication of what does life mean in this country, there are people that are willing to kill, yeah. to prevail yeah. on the question of life. That should trouble us all. It does. It troubles us all. And uh, it, it, I pray, will be managed and uh, worked against and fought against by those that have the ability. And as you so rightly said earlier, those that are uh, really called on, and that would be our government, to do the role they're supposed to be doing right now, and that is protecting the American people and protecting the rights of the American people who were not given those rights by any constitution or by any amendment to the constitution, but by God. So I pray they're going to be doing that, and that is something that going into tonight and uh, in the nights to follow, this could be, uh, again, a very interesting, and it's something that we can just pray for. All of us need to be praying 
that the uh, the the places like uh, women's rights, uh, women's clinics, uh, pro-life clinics will not be targeted as what we've already seen happen in the country. Uh, that's my, what my, my prayer is that every pulpit in America that maintains a biblical faith in Christ will encourage every congregant to understand now that the court has said we relinquish our illegitimate hold on this issue and return it back where it belongs to the people in the states where they reside. Mm-hmm. That people will understand that anyone running for city council or county mayor or county commissioner or state rep or state senator, every person in elected office that even has the potential to go on and run for Congress or state office, every person now in public service is going to, in their lifetime, have the opportunity to protect human life. We're no longer locked out by the court. It's now in our court. Yes. And now would be the time for every believer that's ever thought about running for public office or helping someone who who does to enter into that arena for the sake of maximizing the momentum shift and showing that the pro-life community is responsible, is fair, is just, is willing, and is filled with hope and that we're willing to serve because if we do nothing now and the pro-death side captures the legislative process, then we're right back where we started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I pray that we'll do that, and I pray that pastors will do exactly what you've done and that pulpits will be uh, ablaze this weekend on talking about what has happened and thank God for what has happened. Dave, thank you for dropping in via the phone today and offering again your thoughts which we so appreciate and we need my friend thank you mike and my prayer is that god will have mercy on america and on his people and that we will see this day in context of opportunity to serve i agree god bless you dave zanotti from the public square american policy roundtable thank you mike we'll be back right here on the shepherd in just a moment this is afternoons with mike On the line with me right now, Jill Taylor from the program that we carry right here on The Shepherd on the weekends in the noon hour, both Saturday and Sunday, Choose Life from the Choose Life Radio Network. Hey, it's so great to have you on the on the phone with me here, Jill. Thank you so much, Mike, for this call. Well, you know, this could not uh, have been better news for anyone who is pro-life, anyone who I believe... Uh, understands the the heart and soul of the value of life. Uh, uh-huh. What happened today is it's almost beyond words, and many have been praying for this day since uh, it was first put into course almost 50 years ago. Yeah, 49 years ago. You're right, absolutely. And it should have never happened, by the way. Roe right. v. Wade is an example of the court making a law. We call it legislating from the bench. Um, uh, serious constitutional scholars would agree that it's uh, a decision that shouldn't have been made, and yet it has lived on for 49 years. Uh, Just really hard to believe. Um, It really (laughs) is. And it's really hard to believe that even after 49 years, that this particular Supreme Court, the justices that are there, had the courage, and I'm grateful they did. I'm also very grateful that President Trump had nominated three 
constitutionalists, uh, originalists to be on the Supreme Court and who were not going to uh, do this whole thing of uh, revision history and kind of uh, changing maybe the scope. But uh, I'm grateful that he nominated judges. I'm grateful for those judges' um, amazing courage, as well as the fact that they they did today's ruling. Uh, they could have ended the speculation a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure they had their reasons. I don't know what all of them are, why delaying until today, but they did it. And they held their guns against a lot of pressure, didn't they? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I again, I, <laughs> I think there's a lot of criticism out there, uh, probably from people who wouldn't have voted for Trump no matter what. But the, the, the truth of the matter is what you just said is extremely important. He gave us the, the pro-life judges that have allowed us now to, to really represent what the majority of our country feels. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that there are going to be people who are going to say that's not the majority, but the truth is, it is because we're the silent majority often. You know, we're not on the coasts where we have great opportunities to scream and, and yell about what we don't like in the government. But the, the whole central of America goes to church, believes what God says, that life is precious, and that from conception to our natural end of life mm-hmm. is, is what is the gift that he's given us. Mm-hmm. And well, it, it's just wonderful um, the, the way that they overturned Roe v. Wade uh, by being able to vote on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Uh, and by siding with Dobbs, they overturned Roe v. Wade. And that means we currently have, I think, the smartest Supreme Court ever. <laughs> I would completely agree. Now, we know that in turning Roe v. Wade over, and that now, it, it's so exciting to say it, and I'm going to say it again, it has been overturned by yeah. the United States Supreme Court in case someone just tuned in and they have not heard the news yet. But this uh, court did that with a six to three vote with uh, the obvious uh, meaning that it, since it was five, not five to four, it was six to three. That means that the Chief Justice John Roberts voted with the majority on this. And, yes. and, and many were wondering if he would do that, but he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, and and so now we move forward in our states. It doesn't it doesn't relieve us of abortion in our nation, but it goes back to the state. Right. And now, ever, it's important who we elect in our states now to to be holding them accountable for what the majority of our of our individual states want. Um, so the, the the court's decision certainly won't change our commitment to life, and centers are going to remain very active. Uh, they offer birthing and parenting classes and diapers and formula, and and the fact is, when given the opportunity, they share Christ when, when that's appropriate. But for those who are ministering in pregnancy centers uh, to women who are seeking to determine if they have a viable pregnancy, 
more than than ever, their services are going to be needed, and and the sharing of Christ's love will continue to be on display. It but will. <laughs> it is so exciting, and I'm so thankful and grateful. I know that you and your program, now your program is heard, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember over 700 radio stations across yeah. America. And uh, I can't believe it either, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, it is a great show. You do a wonderful job of interviewing people from uh, all aspects and angles of this issue of pro-life uh, what are you what are you th- expecting, Jill, in the days to come from some of the people that you've got lined up? Uh, how is this going to impact Choose Life? Well, I think again, it is going to be uh, it's going to be our responsibility to encourage women who may feel like you've put me in a really bad place. i'm I'm pregnant with someone else's child. I don't want another baby. I can't afford to do this. My husband just left me. Those are all very legitimate concerns. But the truth of the matter is we're going to have to get much stronger in understanding the blessings and the gifts of adoption. Mm-hmm. There, is an, there is a life option that, that just seems to be hard. And the reason it's hard is because when a woman carries a child for nine months, they fall in love with that child. They're getting they're getting wakened in the morning or in the middle of the night with a, a turning of that child. There's a feeling for that child. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's what God wanted. Um, but there are still some cases where women are going to say, now I cannot do this. I, I just can't. I can't afford another child. Mm-hmm. And case, there is a long list of people who have not been able to have a child and would give anything to be really incredible parents to the child that you would let them adopt. Mm -hmm. So I think we just need to do a much better job of representing that instead of the centers trying to push mom to say, no, okay, I will offer that incredible option of adoption. It's just a gift. It's a huge gift. And in 12 years, in 15 years, in 20 years, uh, if you wish, you can be reconnected to that child. And that child will be grateful for both families. That is right. That is right. There's uh, such a great alternative. And uh, I, I think you were right. I think this is going to cause those that are in that situation. It's unfortunate. And we never want to lose sight of uh, of the the pain that some people feel, but we've just uh, our our country just gave a, a an option, and then I believe often lied about the circumstances or, or consequences or ramifications of the decision that a lot of these moms met. And I'm betting that you would feel the same way as I do in all my years of pastoral counseling. I never saw a, a woman. I never talked to one who was happy she had an abortion. It's a not a it's not a real good answer at all. But it's right. where they are, and once they make that decision, there's no going back. It's there. It's done. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're you're right. Once you've lost that child, you always. I would imagine I have not had an abortion, but I would I have lost a child. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I I just know that you always wonder. 
yeah, what would they be doing now at this age? What what kind of memories would we have from Christmas with with that extra child in in the room? But you know, I think honestly, I want to say this since Roe has been turned over, has been overturned. Sorry, the wrong way to say it, but the responsibility for determining public policy has now gone to the people and their elected representatives. That and is that right. Means that every state, all 50 and District of Columbia, are going to be responsible for passing laws to determine what their state's going to do, whether they're going to permit abortion at all or will allow it for a specific determination of time. And and it's really important now that you get involved in your state legislation and in the people that you place there, as well as your counties. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have more more opportunity to impact than ever. And I pray the church does. I pray there's more sermons about this. I pray that there are more people who say, are you serious? You'd be willing to raise my child? I it's just it's just an amazing opportunity right now that God is giving us to to be much more personal on this issue. I agree. Jill Taylor from Choose Life Radio Network. Uh, give us your website, Jill. It's chooseliferadio.com. Chooseliferadio.com. Thank you for being with me on this historic day. The day that Roe versus Wade was overturned, and we rejoice and thank God for that. God bless you and your wonderful ministry. Well, thank you so much, and God bless you and your listeners. Have a great day. Here we are back now for segment three on the program on a day like I, uh, I'm just so happy. I can't believe it. I'm, I can't stop smiling. And I've got on the line with me someone that I bet is having that ex- same experience. Vicki Matthews from the Choices Women's Clinic. Vicki, what a day, huh? Oh, my goodness. So, Mike, when you asked me, I think all I can think is I'm rendered speechless. <laughs> I am too. I, I, you know, we've talked about it. And just looking back over our shoulder now, which you have to bend way back because it's almost 50 years since Roe v. Wade uh, came in. And the language that the left is using today, when they look back at the beginnings of that, it uh, they would like us to believe, and I think they try their best to make everyone believe, that the framers of the Constitution, uh, of course, they believed in abortion and the right uh, to choose as they've given it. And and really, this proves, this thing of overturning it proves that that original decision in 1973 was faulty, should never have happened. And that's yeah. just amazing. So you now manage, you are the, uh, the, the president, and you manage these wonderful clinics in Orlando, a brand new one uh, on the yeah. east side of town and the beautiful downtown clinic. What, what is this going to mean to the work Choices does? Well, Mike, um, we were already beginning to see this just with the rumble that was out there. Um, You know, with so much news media today, it really uh, attracts a lot of anguish, a lot of fear, a lot of all those kinds of things, suspicions, suspects. 
So actually, we are about to get very, very, very busy. It was already creating some confusion in women's minds. So, you know, when you think that women have had access to abortion on demand through nine months of pregnancy um, here for 49 years with some restrictions in our states, and by the way, in Florida, um, until July 1st, it is available through six months of pregnancy. So all of a sudden, the news media causes them to say, oh, my goodness, well, how far along am I and can I still have that abortion? So, you know, we are here with open hands, with open hearts to um, help those that find themselves in a place they never thought they would be to um, empower them, to inform them, to educate them, to speak life to them. Um, so we're ready. You're ready. And like you said, it's probably going to be a very busy time. I really like the words of our mutual friend, John Stenberger. He told me a long time ago, the day that Roe v. Wade is overturned, and it was months ago when the, we began looking at this, uh, he said, it's not the end of the pro-life movement. It is the beginning. And it's that really so is a true, true statement, isn't it? Yes, it so is. You know, Mike, I have, um, I am beginning my 36th year in pregnancy center work all across the country, actually, let alone here in Orlando, specifically for the last eight years. And of course, today's a day I only dreamt of, right? Yeah, I certainly prayed for, but most of my adult years, I had doubts we would ever be here. So, of course, we are thrilled. We are celebrating. Uh, there's so much victory on so many levels for us that know Jesus and serve him. But, you know, um, we only are beginning. Mm -hmm. We are only beginning because as the tide rolls back, I mean, I think of the women today that have had abortions and you know for the supreme court to say wow we made a bad decision yeah yeah what does that say to those women and men who have chosen that decision and so you know um we are here with open hands and open hearts for them too <laughs> you know one there of, is healing for that in christ and, and i feel that and i so appreciate that emotion which i believe that is a god thing right there and that is the heart of god not just for the lives of these many many over 60 million unborn children put to death during abortion since 1973 and and you're right the deceit the lies that have yeah. been out there for years and years telling women that there's nothing in them other than just flesh. It's just a growth of skin. It's just flesh. There's no human life there. And, you know, in this time, since 1973, we've seen the advent of high-tech ultrasounds that prove that what they just said was yeah. not there at all. And, yeah. and even with the proof of ultrasounds where you can see the babies move and uh, uh, suck their thumbs and move around and even get a, a glimpse of their face in some of the high deaf ones, uh, yet still they maintain that lie. And now they, those that have, like you said, sadly made that call 
they're hearing that what they were told was a was a constitutional right is not that at all. It was a mistake. Yes. Yes. So Lord, have mercy on hearts tonight and today. Yes. And uh, and we, we are praying. I know you are too, Vicky. Uh, it is my privilege. I've told my listeners a number of times. I am so privileged to be able to uh, be a board member with Choices. And and I I so love the people that are behind this organization. We Mm, have a lot of fun uh, in a a (laughs) mode of of, uh, trying to do the right thing and and trying to help these women. Uh, This is a group of people that care and feel and really have a lot of emotion about what, what they do. And it, it is just a great day, and it's a day that we should all pause and say, thank you, Lord, for what, what has yes. happened. Yes, we want to pause. We want to celebrate. Um, we also want to be vigilant in our prayers, Mike, because, um, you know, this stirs up a lot of things, not only emotions for people who have made those decisions, but also for people who have um, so sold their life out what they believe is a woman's choice mm-hmm. to have a right for abortion. And they are angry. They are mad. Um, they are calling this revenge. Um, we are asking for prayer, for protection, for our beautiful clinics, for our staff, for our volunteers, for all the other uh, pregnancy centers here in, the, in our area, in our state, in our country. So please join us in that. I agree completely. You know, it's a sad thing, but there was a couple of weeks ago an FBI-issued notice that was sent out, and maybe people have heard about this, but they there's an expectation of mass riots uh, over this issue. Now that we know it has happened and it is here, uh, th- they are on, like you said, the vigilant lookout for this kind of thing. So as believers, we number one, we want to thank God, number one, spend time in prayer, thanking the Lord for what has happened. Number two, pray for the women who have, like you said, had abortions and are going to be dealing now with this thing freshly in their heart and in their mind that what I did was not backed by the by the framers. You know, Dave Zanotti told me something earlier in this program, uh, Vicky, and I want to share with you. He he talked about uh, the the mistake that people have when we think about the Bill of Rights, and we we think that our rights come from a bill or a law, uh, or even the Constitution. But the yeah. truth of it is, our rights, as defined in the Constitution, they come from God. We have That's these right. inalienable rights that God has given us, and one of those li- rights is life and, and the pursuit yeah. of happiness. And so I am so grateful for choices, for the work that you guys do there on the, on the ground, in the clinics, 24-7, 365. Uh, it is my privilege to be a part of you guys. I'm so thankful. Aww. Thank you, Mike. We couldn't do it without this incredible community here, community of faith, who has stood beside this ministry for 38 years, 38 years. When I think that our founders, many of those couples who founded Choices, gathered together because of Roe versus Wade, wow, I am thinking of them today and so thankful that they said, we will do whatever it takes to provide alternatives Mm -hmm. 
And they've done it. And I thank God for them. People like Tom and Karen, others, others who really carry it. Uh, I think of John Barrows, uh, who is out there on the sidewalk all the time, counseling women, appealing to women. This is a day that we've been praying for. This is a day that some people have been allowed, uh, uh, allowed their own lives to be arrested uh, and put in jail for some of the protests that's happened in in the years past. Uh, and oh boy, it's finally here. And I want to say thank you for yeah. joining me for this moment. Thank you, Mike. Such an honor. Thanks for celebrating this huge victory today. Give us the, the address for choices, the web address, if you will. It is uh, for our partners and friends. It is choices friends.com choices friends.com yes and if you know somebody who needs our services because they find themselves in a place they didn't want to be or they need recovery from abortion you can find us at choiceswomensclinic.com as well well thank you so much for that and we will join with you in prayer for the safety of all the staff and the property there at choices As we rejoice, uh, this is a time for both continued prayer and big time rejoicing. Thank you. Amen. All right. God bless you, Vicki. And friends, thank you for joining with us today on Afternoons with Mike on this historic day. We'll see you next week right here on The Shepherd. 